everybody you know what time it is you know what time it is you know what time it is it's real vile time babies that's right we're gonna get vile and it's gonna get real of course you know me i'm the g to the r to the let me try that again the g to the e to the r to the m the t stands for the but shorty knew that and we're about to rip it up in a modern way so you know it's gotta be mr germ t ripper and of course i have my lovely co-host as always the Prime Minister, the Sinister, Ruthless Chris. Say hello to the people at, in re- Real Vile Land. How you doing, Slimeballs and Psychopaths? Slimeballs and Psychopaths, I hope you're doing well. <laughs> and of course, we've got the Tower of the Hour, the Princess <laughs> of Power, Miss Kelly the Killer Miller. What's up, baby? Hey, hey how you doing? I'm good. Hey, how you doing? She's good. All right. <laughs> Uh, well, what have you guys been up to lately? Um, I went and seen Psycho at the drive-in. That was pretty, that was pretty cool. Like, um, like we mentioned before, they do the, uh, you know, the free movie nights every Wednesday at the local drive-in we have around here. And they just had Psycho. Kind of want to go this week. This week will be, uh, the Breakfast Club. But <laughs> I think we the week that. after that is the Krampus. Yeah. Yeah. So... Will it, will it still July. be July? Yeah, Christmas in July. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. I love that. But then the week after that, they're doing a double feature of Back to the Future, and that, that one I definitely want to go to. Sweet. Sounds like a good time. Always a good time at the drive-in. Mm-hmm. How about you, Mr. Ruthless Chris? What you been up to, baby doll? Uh, it's been busy as hell uh, getting this show ready to go. Um, do we have a fun little announcement? Um we're going to have a nice little midnight movie marathon uh, at King of the Kill the first night, Friday night. Uh, it is being produced or uh, sponsored by and curated by Severn Films, uh, with the uh, main uh, attraction being The Masked Mutilator, which is a 90s film made by wrestlers and has wrestlers in it. It's a, a splatter film. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so we got that uh, to look forward to. And they, uh, they donated some... Uh, some gift uh, boxes to to raffle off. So there's going to be some DVDs and posters and what have you, courtesy of Severn Films. So that's pretty fucking exciting. To that's pretty awesome. Involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, aside from that, um, did some movie watching this week. Uh, found out, you know, I came to the conclusion, you know, I've been single for a while. The worst thing about being single, as, as a single man living alone, is when you have to put a fitted sheet on your bed. Um, <laughs> I'm winded right now because I had to struggle to put a fitted sheet on my bed. I'm very, I'm not a, I'm not a small man, I'm very large. And every time I got one corner on the other corner would pop. So I, I literally like I'm coming into this winded because of a fitted sheet. So that's what's going on in my life. That's a little insight in what I got going on. How about you, Jeremy? Fair enough. Oh, me, myself, and I, uh, a wonderful time as always, you know, just doing my thing, helping others out, doing the uh, addiction counseling thing, as I do. Uh, Besides that, like everybody else, it's just wrestling and uh, horror movies and movies and movies and more wrestling. You know, that's what we do, right? (laughs) Uh, But let's get this. 
let's get this terror train on the tracks and chugging along and start talking about some movies uh killer kelly let's start off with you what's what you've been watching oh we didn't even talk about our big spoiler movie oh shit yeah yeah our big spoiler movie for tonight our main movie that we're gonna be talking about tonight is the 2018 very diverse uh film it is lars von trier's the house that jack built holy guacamole i love this movie it's my favorite film by uh this very artistic you know bleak filmmaker and i can't wait to talk about it but in the meantime let's get back to talking about a few other films gotta throw the ball back at you killer kelly what you been watching baby <laughs> um the first one i watched well it's not the first one i watched but the first one i'm gonna talk about um this one is a new one that's on netflix i don't know i've seen it pop up in a couple horror groups that i'm in on facebook and it kept popping up like suggested movies this is tin and tina it's 2023 it's a spanish movie like spain spanish uh this was a weird one it follows this lady lola and her husband uh they're trying to have a baby and then she loses the baby uh something happens to her where she can't have children she's supposed to not be able to have children so they decide to go adopt the place that they go to adopt is like super religious uh i don't know what do they call them places where nuns nunneries convents <laughs> yes nunneries but uh yeah they go to a... i think they're both the same thing i think nunneries actually a word too oh cool okay so it wasn't wrong but um <laughs> but anyway they go to adopt these kids from there and like they're crazy talented at playing the organ and when uh she comes down to meet them they're like super creepy looking they look like they came from uh village of the damned you know like albino kids with the white hair and they're all not only that they're insanely religious like everything they do is just like yes father this is to please god you know but she really wants to adopt them so she adopts these two creepy ass kids and like she doesn't she's kind of like an atheist she doesn't realize how fucking like crazy they are like at one point there's like a dog murder scene because they were trying to cleanse the dog but then they want it to like come they're oh like oh God. the dog didn't come back to life like did we do it right and then to like punish themselves like they're doing all this shit you know to like hurt themselves like no we've got to do this because we didn't please god you know and they're like crazy ass kids well she ends up getting pregnant and then like the whole rest of the movie kind of turns into like uh worried about are they gonna hurt the baby you know i don't know it was a decent movie i'd give it a three it kind of had like a feel of well they looked like kids from village of the dam but it kind of felt like uh, it just had like the same like nothing to do with the story or anything but the same feeling of like rosemary's baby in some areas like the eeriness of that movie it, it reminded me of a mix of a few movies that i can't put my finger on but it was decent i give it a three three and a half if you like creepy kid movies it is spanish but it's dubbed it's not subtitled if you're one of the people that don't like subtitles i don't mind them gotta be the mood but yeah you guys heard of this and one? this one's called tim and tina tin 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 like, like tin tin yeah tin right. and tina tin and Rin. tina on netflix giving it three three and a half stars from it's killer kelly uh ruthless chris have you seen or heard about this one 
Uh, I have not ever since Netflix has updated their policy. I have not had access to Netflix because I was using my brother's account, and they've yeah. uh, they've updated to where you can't share anymore. And I'm not sure I want to pay for Netflix because out of all the streaming services I have, it's the one I use the absolute least. You know, their horror section sucks. Yeah, I was thinking about canceling too. I really like. I think you should leave though. And like, there's yeah. a couple, and Seinfeld is on there, so there's like two main things. I'm like, fuck, I can't cancel it. I fall asleep to Seinfeld. <laughs> Isn't that the thing though? Like with streaming services, they'll have like one or two things where you're like nobody else has them, and you're like, I can't get rid of it because I want to watch that one or two thing. <laughs> right. Every once right. in a while, they'll throw on a movie or something else that you'll check out, but it's those one or two things. That like, <laughs> I know. And like the two shows that I can watch anytime, like it doesn't matter. Like, oh, I don't know what to put on, throw this on, even though I've seen it a million fucking times. But yeah. Fair enough. All right. Uh Ruthless Chris, what have you been watching, baby? I've had a week. Um <laughs> uh I've actually enjoyed every movie I've watched this week too. So uh, but they have they they've been two cheese boats and one decent. Um first one we talk about is little little Cory Gory. Uh, 1993 by Bill Moroni. Um, this one is definitely a product of its time. Um, it's it's really hard to describe the tone of this movie because the tone's really what makes it interesting. Uh, it has almost like like they're trying to go for the serial mom tone, but obviously they don't have the the chops or the filmmaking ability or the money to do that. What you have is a, uh, a a kid named Corey. Um, he lives with his stepmother and his brother-in-law, or stepbrother. Uh, apparently, the dad died in an accident, and now the stepmother's taking care of him. But they just torture the shit out of this kid and use him as a uh, like a butler, like a slave. And it's like the neighbors do not give a shit about like beating or abusing kids in, in this this world. Like when they first move in. Um, the the older brother hides the the TV remote from the mom who's like this alcoholic who just watches TV all day and they blame the kid so they hang him by a belt from the 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 drapes and the neighbors come over to give him brownies and like welcome to the neighborhood and they're like here you go and they're like yeah thanks fuck you and then they look over and see the kids literally hanging with his face all busted open they're like yeah what's up with that like don't worry about it like all right we won't and it's like go about their business but so basically the kids heavily abused this keeps going on and on kid uh has a sweet spot for this girl um he ends up getting some money put together and he's gonna take her to see ozzy osborne um the stepbrother ends up stealing the tickets banging the girl what have you kind of sends his kid into a spiral he ties his mom to a couch for days on end um just like every once in a while gives her some food won't give her beer. That's all she asks for is beer. And then, like, lets her hold the remote so she can watch what she wants. Um, and then she proceed. He proceeds through a, a bunch of follies to kill a bunch of people. Um, there's some uh, cool effects in this thing. It's real gory. It's real tongue in cheek. Um, when I looked it up on IMDb, there was a really strange uh, review that was from the director, and he like kind of like was like spilling the beans and like behind the scenes, and he's like, you know, like. We ran out of money halfway through this thing. No one got paid. It was like a labor of love. And I guess originally when they did have money, Divine was supposed to play the mother. And it was right before Divine passed. I don't know if this is true or not. I'm going by what the director wrote up in the in the the review. But 
apparently divine was supposed to be in it, divine in a passing so the people that were investing took their money back because that was supposed to be and i can't see how the character was written for someone like divine like it had like a 50s style and look and like build like the same build as divine and all that uh it's 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 a lot of fun it's definitely dog shit um go, <laughs> like go into it like if if you got Cyril mom from Wish and like even Wish was like, ooh, but it's ooh. still entertaining in its own. <laughs> like it's it's an aptitude makes it entertaining and it's it actually has a really crazy twist ending that you don't see coming. Uh, so for all that, I actually give it a three. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, I watched on Tubi uh, 1993. Little Cory Gory. Very cool. Yeah, I saw when you originally were watching this. It sounded like something I'd like to check out. Uh, I like all the things that you said about it, and uh, definitely something up my alley. How about you, Killer Kelly? Have you heard about this movie at all? Nope. Uh, other than Chris mentioning it in the other day. So, no, no, I have not heard of it. All right. Well, little Corey Gory, three stars on Tubi. Check it out. It's free, you know, and if you... Uh, you know, you get sick of it after 10 minutes. Just change the channel. It's free. <laughs> oh, but in the meantime, we're going to keep this train rolling. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. And I'm going to talk about the 1981 supernatural fantasy mystery horror film, The Survivor. I picked this one up as a blind buy from Severn Films because they posted that it was in their uh, clearance section I think it was $8 and, you know, I'm a sucker for anything, <laughs> you know, hey, it's a uh, Severn and it's $8. I can't say no. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, with this movie, it's about a pilot being the sole survivor from a plane crash and he works with a psychic and a priest to unmask the culprit behind the incident to pacify the vengeful souls of the victims. Uh, there's a lot going on in this movie, and uh, it gets a little um, convoluted, a little hard to follow at times. It's like, okay, why are they vengeful? Sure, but they're, who are they vengeful against? The guy that blew up the plane is dead as well. Uh, but it's uh, definitely... An interesting watch because it is Australian and I, I'm a sucker for anything Australian. Uh, and it's directed by David Hemmings, who, uh, you know, he's done a lot of work with like horror and sci-fi and fantasy, Barbarella, Gladiator. Uh, you know, he's, he's known for, you know, really interesting films. Uh, but then again, the cast is also amazing. Like the lead actor who plays the pilot that survived the crash, Robert Powell, um, he's also known for everything like really strong cult films like Harlequin, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. He played Jesus in Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, the cast is amazing. Uh, it is a bizarre movie, but it's really got a um, a unique artistic vision to it. Uh, I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but you know, if you got eight bucks and you can, you're into physical media, I would definitely, if they've got any copies left, go and order it from Severin. Uh, it's worth the eight bucks <laughs> plus shipping and handling, of course. <laughs> but that's the Survivor from 1981, and I give it three stars. 
Uh, have either of you uh, heard of or seen The Survivor? No, I have not. I don't think so. I have not as well. All right. Well, if uh, any of you out there in real vile land want to check it out, go buy yourself a copy. <laughs> in the meantime, uh, Killer Kelly, what you got for us next, baby doll? Uh, the next one I watched is my favorite movie that I watched this week. This one is instantly like four and a half, five stars for me. This one is Two Witches, uh, 2021. <coughs> Excuse me. Right now, it was only like three fifty on Prime, the same price to rent as it is to buy. So I just bought it. But I honestly want to buy a hard copy of this. I fucking loved this movie. Uh, it's directed, and he's one of the writers, uh, Pierre Sigordis. I he's got like this and a short, but uh, like based on this, I love this movie. Um, this kind of starts out. Obviously, there's two witches and they've got a baby and they're they're about to do something terrible to it, you know, so it instantly shows you that there's two witches and then it cuts to this lady, Sarah and her husband. They're um, they're eating dinner in a restaurant and there's like this old hag, really creepy, creepy looking lady. Obviously, it's one of the witches from the beginning, but like she's staring at her from the across the restaurant. And she can't help but like notice her and look her in the eye. Ever since that night, she's been having these weird feelings like she thinks that maybe she's got like a curse on her or something or this lady gave her the evil eye and she don't know what the fuck is wrong with her. And um, uh, I don't know. It just gets weirder and weirder. They go visit her husband's friends and that they haven't seen in a while. They're kind of like eccentric, like. The one lady's a Wiccan and her husband, and they decide to, like, play the Ouija board and, you know, let's see what happens here. Except they do this thing, like, these candles represent, like, your life, and the one girl's candle kind of, like, burns out. Well, this kind of, like, turns into, uh, th that witch is definitely following her. But then it cuts to tell the story of the other witch. The other witch that was from the beginning, like, the, um the younger one and there's like a weird intertwining between these two witches like they're definitely i don't want to tell you too much but this movie was fan-fucking-tastic i love uh witch movies i absolutely love witch movies and this is one of the better ones that i've seen recently but yeah two witches i highly recommend it Two Witches came out in 2021, you said? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not streaming anywhere. but not you streaming can, anywhere. You can buy it or rent it for $3.59 on Amazon right now, and it's well worth it. Uh, All right. Yeah. I'm Sounds very familiar, um, but I love everything you said about it. Uh, definitely want to check it out. Um, it's so creepy and like gory, like it's legit creepy. It's it's got such a cool like feeling to it, and the way the story is told is is really interesting as well. I, I highly highly recommend this movie. Very cool. You said uh, four and a half, five stars. Yeah, sweet. Yep. Uh, definitely have to check that out asap. Chris, have you seen or heard of Two Witches? Uh, I have not seen it. Kelly has been pitching it very hard to me um, over the past week. Um, but I did actually, I have a poster for it. You know, Fangoria always has like a free poster in it. Uh, one of the Fangorias I got recently had a Two Witches poster in it. Um, but no, I haven't. Uh, Kelly has been trying to get me to watch it. We ended up watching something else uh, the night we were going to watch it, uh, which I, is what I'll be talking about next. So, 
Sweet. Well, on that note, what do you got to talk about next there, Ruthless Chris? All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Kelly and I were hanging out the other day. Uh, we put the projector up in the backyard, as we do. Um, and her and I, this has been on our radar for a while, and it's it's something we've been wanting to check out, uh, which is the remake of The Last Shift called Malum. Now, Malum is written and directed by the same person who made The Last Shift. He just didn't feel he had enough money to do it justice the first time around, so he got a lot more money this time around. Beefed the script up quite a bit. Um, added a lot more special effects and a lot more stuff. And uh, redubbed it Malum. And uh, this came out uh, 2023. It's pretty new. I think it only came out like two months ago. Uh, uh, this is a superior film to The Last Shift. I do very much enjoy The Last Shift. However, I do think this version drags a little more in the in the front half. Torres The Last Shift had a little more uh, better pacing. Um, and they did add some, uh, some more extra cool shit. But basically, you have a, a woman... Um, her father had dealt with his cultists. Uh, he was seen as a hero for a short amount of time for taking on this cult. And he ends up going crazy and shooting up the police precinct and then killing himself. Uh, fast forward a few years. The daughter is now a police officer. It's the last night this precinct's open. Um, everything's uh, moved over to this new precinct, but they need one cop just to sit there. If anyone shows up or whatever to be like, go down the road to the new precinct, you know, just like kind of forward them over there. And she wants to go because she wants to work there once at the precinct where her father used to work. Shit start getting spooky. They start getting a bunch of calls. All this cult shit starts happening. Um, there's a very large pig involved. And uh, then it really, really like the first half of it, I was like, where'd all this extra money go to? Like, what the fuck? You know, and then. Like the second half, when it really ramps mm -hmm. up, you see where the money went. Um, there's there's some pretty impressive uh, creature effects in this, um, and and a kind of hysterical one at, at the same time. Uh, like the big baddie, uh, that something happens with his face that made Kelly and I laugh pretty fucking hard for quite a while. <laughs> and I don't think that was the intention, but it was still pretty good. Um, there's like these murmuring witch characters that are in these like bloody wet bags and they have like reflective eyeballs. That effect is very cool. The, the, the creature design in this is very cool. Um, so a lot of the acting's a lot better. Um, some of it's worse. Uh, there was uh, one cop in particular that was like a fantastic actor to where he like blew everyone away in any scene he was with. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I've seen it's getting pretty mixed reviews online. Um, like some people, it's either it seems like it's a love it or hate it kind of thing. I loved it. I thought it was really good. It just kind of slogged at the first half. So because of the slog, I'll give it four. Otherwise, I would have given it four and a half or five if it really had the pacing of the first one. But Malum, I really, really enjoyed it. It's not streaming anywhere. Um, we had to rent it, I believe, from Amazon. I think it was like three ninety nine. Yeah, something like that. But it was totally worth it. I really enjoyed it. Fair enough. Uh, so, uh, Kelly, you saw this as well. What would you uh, think? What what kind of star rating would you give Malum? I'd probably get a four. 
Probably give it a four. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one too. I didn't realize it was um uh a remake of The Last Shift until Chris told me. Like I've been wanting to watch it after I don't know, seeing a recommendation from somebody somebody on Facebook or something, and I was like, huh. You know, so I've been wanting to see it, but I did not realize it was a, a remake until Chris said something. It kind of had like a remember malignant sort of vibe yeah. to it did you get that from it yeah yeah it did it had like a, a malignant little bit, feel like not as like not as comical as well not malignant. as like like purposely dated as like malignant was really trying yeah. to take you back to the 80s mm -hmm. like like and not like hit you over the head like this is the 80s but more in like tone and storytelling and like grandeur and stuff yeah uh, but this one did have a little bit of that but you could tell it i mean it's it was very good filmmaking on a very small scale. That the concept uh, made it so where you could have like a small cast and whatnot, because you know, it, majority is, of it is just a few people in a police station, you know, until mm -hmm. things start getting out of hand. But it also it really dives into a level of madness that I think has been. It's really hard to like capture on film properly for what they were trying to convey, and I think this is one of the few films that that really did it. So yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I know that when I originally saw it being posted about and so forth, and I read the storyline, it was like, okay, this sounds exactly like Last Shift. And uh, I forget, I can't remember the other movie. There was a f at least two movies that came out around the same time as The Last Shift that had a very similar storyline. And I was like, okay, well, we've seen the story. What is going to be different? And it's good to hear that it is actually by the same director, and it's just because... Yeah. He wanted to do his original story justice. So that's cool. Um, definitely something I've heard a lot of buzz about. And I remember when it had its limited theatrical release, uh, I had people like inboxing me. Hey, should I check this out? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but good to hear that's a good movie. Uh, you both said four stars. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Very cool. Well, I'll have to check it out ASAP. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to keep this train rolling, and I'm going to talk about the 1983 uh, witch, uh, demonic, crazy movie by Yuli Lommel, uh, The Devonsville Terror. Now, uh, I was uh, originally um, curious about this film because Vinegar Syndrome, of course, put out a deluxe collector's edition of it. And I, you know, I was like, eh, should I buy it? Should I not? And then, of course, what they, what happens all too often. I'm glad I didn't. Uh, well, I kind of still would, but uh, it's streaming now on Shutter slash AMC Plus. It is uh, a movie about a doctor who investigates a 300 year old witch curse on New England town, Devonsville. And about the same time, three liberated assertive women move into town, uh, which angers the bigoted, male-dominated town fathers. Uh, one of the women is a reincarnation of uh, the witch who was, uh, she was put to death, she was burned at the stake, and proceeds to exact revenge on the town males. Um, it's funny because... Well, it's not funny at all, actually. It's a pretty humorless movie. Um, but it's, uh, it, it, you know, for a movie made in 1983, and it, I specifically, another reason I watched it because it was only a, an hour and 22 minutes long, 
I like a short movie. Uh, but this was really well done, and I didn't expect it to because the cover art on this and even the cover art on the Vinegar Syndrome and the posters you see everywhere is not uh, enticing at all. It looks pretty bad. Uh, even like the storyline sounds pretty basic, seems like something you've seen a million times. But if um, you were going to make a movie similar to, uh, or like a prequel maybe to uh, The Lords of Salem with less of a rock and roll edge to it, okay. uh, it would be the Devonsville Terror. Uh, this, this is a really well done movie. Uh, kept me interested, you know, sure, it's only an hour and 22 minutes, but, you know, sometimes you get distracted pretty easily, even with a short movie. This was not the case. Uh, yeah, if you were into witch movies, like I know you are, Kelly, I would mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. suggest this one. Uh, it's streaming on Shudder and AMC+. Plus. Uh, but, 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 yeah, and uh, I give it four stars. I really enjoyed nice. this one. Uh, it was a pleasant surprise because I wasn't expecting much from... Uh, you know, the director is, isn't known for making the best movies, kind of trashy movies in general. Um, and also, you know, I'd never really heard of it. The art isn't that great. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the main doctor investigating the uh, the witch murders, the witch trials, is played by uh, Donald Pleasance. So, oh, nice. Yeah, that Dr. was a plus. Lewis. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that was one of the, the initial, oh, maybe this could be good. And luckily it was fantastic. Uh, four stars. Watch it on Shutter or AMC+. Plus. Have either of you heard of the Devonsville Terror? I have not. But this sounds completely up my alley. Like you said, I am a big, uh, big fan of witch movies. And I'm going to have to check this one out. Never even heard of it. All right. Well, if you get a chance, check it out on Shutter slash AMC Plus. Uh, in the meantime, we got one last round of talking about what we've been watching before we skip on down to the Yellow Brick Road to Spoiler Town with the house that Jack built. What you got for us, Killer Kelly? Um, I stumbled across this one on Amazon Prime. It is a new series, and I ended up binging it within two days, like the entire first season. This is a horror comedy, kind of dark comedy. Uh, this is the horror of Dolores Roach. Just came out, like literally, I think it just aired like last week or something. But um, it's basically a modern day retelling of Sweeney Todd. Um, it follows Dolores Roach, although like the way they introduce it, it's somebody playing her as a stage play, like, you know, like Sweeney Todd has become like a stage play nowadays. So like it starts out, uh, there's an actress playing Dolores Roach and, you know, she's studied a lot of this, this woman's murders and shit. And now it's like a famous stage play or Broadway show. And, um, you know, she's getting ready to leave. And then the real uh, Dolores Roach approaches her in her dressing room. She's like, no, I don't like the way you're playing me. Let me tell you the real story, you know? So then she goes back and it tells the story about how Dolores went to jail. She got caught with some weed. Um, her boyfriend set her up. Her boyfriend at the time set her up with a bunch of weed to get caught selling it. And on her way out, out she accidentally elbowed a cop. 
So she got 15, 16 years for um, selling weed and assault to a police officer for elbowing the cop. This is, I don't know, early 90s or something when she got popped and shit. So I don't know, they were a lot more harsh on marijuana laws back then in New York. Um, So she gets out of jail and she's looking for a boyfriend. You know, she realizes the world has changed a lot since she's gotten out. And um, the only place that's really still the same on the block in New York where she used to live is this little empanada shop. And like the boy that worked there is the same boy that you always worked there. You know, his daddy, his dad um, owned the store and now he owns the store. His dad has passed and he lives underneath. He's always loved Dolores. So like he lets her move downstairs stairs with him Dolores was Dolores wants to become a masseuse and like I don't know somehow she accidentally like kills somebody and um you know the dude that she stayed with I don't remember his name at the time but um the dude that she's staying with um you know he gets the idea like well let's make empanadas out of him you know like like the sweetie todd story instead of the meat pies and shit so these two are working together people keep accidentally dying <laughs> like like i said it's kind of a horror uh it's a horror comedy for sure it's kind of funny it's a little like dramatic at times but it's like i i thoroughly enjoyed this i like i said i sat and fucking binged it in like two nights you know um, I, I give it a three and a half, four. Uh, I'd like to see where they take the next season, but that's the basic telling of it. Instead of meat pies, they're fucking empanadas in modern day New York City, and it's a pretty fun fucking story. <laughs> you guys I love that? the idea of taking uh, Sweeney Todd and making it uh, more of a modernized version uh, that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mm-hmm. sounds like a very interesting idea, because I remember when I saw the title uh, I thought it was more of like a ghost story or a possession thing. No. Uh, it, so I'm glad that you talked about it because now I'll definitely check it out. Uh, and that's on Amazon. It is on Prime. Yep, it's a new Prime, Prime series. Um, it's uh, what was I going to say? I was just going to say something. I'm sorry, I just brain farted and go on. <laughs> oh, that happens. You know, totally understandable. <laughs> like uh, a thought went the- in and. <laughs> Sure. The Horror of Dolores Roach, uh, it's yeah. called, and you said you gave it four stars? Three and a half, four, yeah, yeah. Three and a half, like, four. I'd like to All see right. where they take it next season, you know, it could make, it could change my rating, or it could make it, you know, make it better or worse, we'll see. Well, you're definitely interested, you've piqued my interest, and I'll definitely be checking out The Horror of Dolores Roach. Uh, have you seen this one, Chris? I have not. She, again, has been pitching this to me, but I haven't checked it out yet. It's a fun show. It's it's no musical. It's not a musical. So, not like okay. the thing about like horror TV shows is like not a lot of them land with me. Like I'm yeah. kind of like like I love horror movies, but not a lot of horror shows land with me. So, I'm like kind of skeptical when I go to check them out. This is a pretty easy one to binge. Like the episodes just kind of flow together. Like it it, it went by real quick. I'm like, really? I just watched all that. <laughs> you know, got to wait a whole goddamn year now. Sweet. <laughs> I love the sound of it. Sounds like a good time, uh, and I will definitely check that out. Uh, Ruthless Chris, what have you got for us, baby? <laughs> Besides a yawn. Uh, I'm sorry. It's been a long day. Uh, so um, I watched this one. Yeah, You know, like when you're you're younger, um, well, uh, some of the younger folks don't know the joy of this, but like when you're wandering around the video store and there was like certain box art that you look at and you just like, 
that's awesome box rp you know the movie can never like live up to it so you never show out the money to rent it well now that i saw one of these on tubi i had to you know i had to you know f- fuck around and find out as the kids say uh so i watched um 1988's destroyer by uh robert kirk uh you may remember this as being the one with the Super jacked guy in the cover with electricity running through his arms, holding the jackhammer with a laser scope on it for some reason, and he has a skull face. Uh, great cover. I don't know why you need a laser scope on a jackhammer, but and it's not in the movie, but you know, Terminator was at the time, everything was laser scopes. Uh, this one actually was kind of fun. Uh, and uh, Anthony Perkins, uh, from Psycho, uh, had a very large role in it. But what you have here is uh, this is actually a keen to shocker before they made shocker. Like it's not completely like shocker, but you have this big muscle bound guy uh, that they're going to, they're going to execute who is a murderer and rapist and child murderer and all that, you know, they make him out to be like the worst guy ever. Um, He looked like the, um, the bully from revenge of the nerds. If you gave him a whole lot more steroids, like he is like a super jacked up dude. Um, they uh, give they take him to the electric chair. They fry him. He doesn't end up dying, but they don't know that because a prison riot breaks out. You don't see the prison riot. You just see like everyone run off, like oh my god, there's a riot, and then they shut the police or they shut the the jail down afterwards because of the riot apparently. So a few years go by. Um, Anthony Perkins is a sleazy film director who's like very similar to like a Roger Corman, and he is doing a film in there called i think like slutty fox vixens five or something so he's making you know like a a a real like sleazy piece of exploitation in the in the prison and lo and behold this dude's not dead he's lurking in the shadows living off rats um killing people with jackhammers uh yeah i mean he's just like picking them up and biting them like apples you know like now i have the sustenance (laughs) for the day that's my energy let's go uh, there's there's a, a lot of cool um, varieties of kills in this, like blowtorch stuff, the jackhammer stuff, uh, glass things, and then palings and um, face meltings by uh, ele- uh, electricity. Uh, this is basically like a like a slasher movie in a prison. Like it's they're all stuck in the prison. He's slashing. They got nowhere to go. Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, it's actually a lot of fun. You know, no, you're going in like something like completely cheesy and very exploitation. Um, whole lot of boobs in this thing. Um, a lot of gore. The main actor is kind of hilarious to watch because it's like he's got like no superpowers. He's got no costume. He's just like a big muscle dummy that fucks people up. Uh, with that being said, I actually really enjoyed it. I'd recommend it. Uh, I gave it three. Destroyer on Tubi. Very cool. Uh, Kelly, have you seen Destroyer? I have not. I have not. All have right. you? I have not either. Uh, I remember seeing the cover art and it had the opposite effect of that does not look cool at all. And I never <laughs> rented it. Uh, I I wish that I would have now because everything that Chris said sounds like a good time to me. And that cast sounds amazing. I was just looking at it briefly and... Um, the killer is played by NFL star Lyle Elzando. Elzando, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty crazy. The only other uh, 
big t- movie I, I noticed that I'd seen him in was what Ernest Goes to Camp, I think. Uh, but he's well known. Like when you see him, you're like, oh, I've seen him in a million TV shows and movies. Uh, yeah, Ernest Goes to Camp. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, that cast looks really cool, and I, I like the 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 story. So um, yeah, if that's on Tubi for free, you've got no reason not to check it out. Sounds like a good time. You said three stars. I gave it three. Boom. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I'm going to talk about one more movie, and then we're going to get to the house that Jack built. Here we go. It is 2022's exploitation uh, faux sort of grindhousey uh, homage to uh, 80s sleaze. It is Hunt Club. Uh, not to be confused with The Hunt or The Hunt Club, but Hunt Club. Uh, this follows a group of male hunters who regularly lure women to their island with the chance to win $100,000 in a hunt, only discover that they are hunted. But this time, they mess with the wrong girls and must deal with the consequences. Um, when I saw the uh, trailer for this originally, I got really excited because it looked like a throwback to 80s sleaze and exploitation um unfortunately uh i'm i'm sure is due to budget constraints this is not a good movie for the most part uh i did have to uh sort of lean into the parts i did like like the cinematography is great uh the lighting is amazing it actually the lighting reminded me a lot of like uh, Italian giallo films. Uh, you know, it's got that weird reds and pinks and blues and scenes. Um, and the, yeah, it does. There are, is a lot of that sleazy exploitation. I'm glad that it was directed by a woman. Um, because if it wasn't, I would be like, wow, this is some really uh, sort of like patriarchal <laughs> bullshit. But Hey, a woman made this film, so I'm guessing it's not, <laughs> you know, um, it came, came across a little like, um, Eden Alive. You remember Eden Alive or yes. Gator Bait? Um, yeah. Yeah. So it has that feeling and also, um, that male dominated women fighting back thing of like, uh, Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, which, you know, was a faux grindhouse anyway. So that, that was there. Um, but then of course, like the cast is pretty cool. Uh, you know, Mickey Rourke plays the main baddie. Uh, Mina Servani, however you pronounce her name. Uh, she's like the main girl trying to fight back against these, uh, horrible men. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting cast. Uh, and it should have definitely, uh, hit better with me. Uh, I think it's because like the fight scenes were so stiff and the gore and blood was like really poorly done. Uh, it just didn't land the way it should have. If it had better fight scenes, I would have loved it because like the, the, um, fight scenes between the the women fighting back to like you know crush the male dominance it was just like come on <laughs> that, that kick did not land at all and i was being kind of picky maybe but it was just bad fight scenes bad blood and gore um i think i gave this one two and a half 
but if you want to check it out, it's on Tubi for free, and it's on Prime Video included with Prime. Um, have you guys seen or heard of Hunt Club? I don't think so. Mm -mm. Yeah, maybe because, like you said, there's a few like Hunt movies that start with like Hunt, so maybe it might be something I passed, but I, I don't know. I actually was going to watch it the other day, and then I noticed that you posted that you were watching it, and I was like, well, if he's going to cover it, I'll wait to see if he says it sucks or not. Um, Mickey Rourke is definitely very hit or miss with me nowadays. Um, his, fa his face, after all the cosmetic surgery, just looks like a melty ice cream cone now, which I think is very sad because he used to be a very, very handsome man. Um uh, with that being said, I, I, I might not check it out after what you just said. Yeah, unfortunately, I love a Hunting Humans movie, and this had so much potential for it. It's got a great trailer, um, but I would unfortunately uh, have to say skip it, <laughs> you know, unless uh, you are a sucker, sucker for a Hunting Humans type film and you just have to watch every one of them. But Hunt Club... I gave it two and a half just for the lighting and cinematography and it's streaming for free on Tubi and prime video. But with that being said, let's slide this ski gear straight into spoiler <laughs> town. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. We'll take break. the lift up to the black diamonds of spoiler town and hit the slopes. <laughs> exactly. The middle the of the, summer the triple black diamond tonight. <laughs> Blah 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 gang intensity. Gang. Yes. Yeah, we're gonna, Jack's house. We're gonna talk about <laughs> Lars von Trier's 2018 serial killer extraordinaire. Probably one of the best serial killer movies I've ever seen. The house that Jack built. And now for our feature presentation. Goodness gracious gravy. Uh, this movie is crazy. You know, it's hard to say. Is this highbrow art? Is this lowbrow exploitation? Is it both? It doesn't matter because it's an amazing film to watch. Um, people, I know that most people probably would have a hard time sitting through two hour, two and a half hours of this film. Uh, it I is not, long. But yeah. it, it, it went by pretty quick, actually, like considering a lot like um, Bones and All did, because that was also a long movie. But it was this is also one of those movies where if you're paying attention to it, you're not going to notice how long it is, you know? Right, exactly. I mean, once you get like enveloped by mm -hmm. the uh, high art aspect, you know, the story follows Jack, who is uh, played by Matt Dillon. Uh, Jack is a highly intelligent serial killer. Over the course of 12 years, uh, the film depicts the murders that really develop his inner madman. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's so much more than that. You know what I mean? It just, uh, I think it's a brilliant case study of what would make a, an atypical or a typical serial killer, especially in American society, you know. It's got the the white male in his was thirties forties, you know, um, and then uh, yeah, torturing animals. So if you're triggered by torturing animals, it shows him Man. cutting the leg off a duckling. Ah, that scene, not dude. Like that. Oh, could not. I could not. Like, and then I'd, I'd peek, and the duck was still flat. I'm like, ah, like I literally like put my head down. Like, no, it's still on the screen. No. 
you know, as far as the uh, the runtime goes, I think it helps by the way it's actually told because they don't tell it atypically. <laughs> it, it's mm. broken down into into five in- incidences, and it's like narrated uh, by him in a conversation he's having with this guy named Verge, uh, and he's breaking down these five incidents that that reflect what he feels he's accomplished in life. And they're supposed to take uh, place over these twelve year, like this twelve year time span. So you also see him age within that. But I think it helps uh, the the runtime because you're not seeing like any of the minutia between what he does. Like it's like here's a fucked up situation that I was doing, and then he might give some insight on his background or whatever as he's trying to explain what got him there. You know, as he was like, like when he was started talking about like. The wheat fields where like, you know, the, the people were cutting the, the the not the wheat, the the reeds down with the sides or, you know, yeah. him trying to build the house, um, all that stuff. But I do think like the narrative of it is what kind of helps it move along because there's not really much fat, even though it's long, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of I, I mean, like as far as like serial killer movies and it was told kind of in a way like natural born killers i guess you know you get that kind of vibe did you, did you? that's kind of no, no? i didn't natural think born about killers it was supposed to be like an assault on the senses with all like it's hard cuts and different styles and yeah but this still had like the weird artsy shit in between with like the you know some of the cartoony shit some of the illustratedness i don't know i can kind of see like sort of the storytelling and like the way the movie was seemed didn't seem as long as it is uh you know as far as the stuff they had in between uh i think it was almost the anti natural born killers where natural born killers was supposed to be very colorful and cerebral you're right okay the stuff would be like stuff of vintage like people playing a piano or you know like winemakers or you know like like it it had this like almost anti you know overload your senses uh uh with it you know absolutely absolutely i just seen like kind of similarities there even though you're right It, it would be like the opposite of that yeah but yeah I'm a big fan of how uh, Lars von Trier um, created this film in that you are almost cheering for Matt Dillon, uh, aka Jack, to kill these people off, even though they're not they're not horrible people. But you almost want him to get away with it, uh, you know, right from the beginning with his first victim. Which I think it's also hilarious that nobody really got a name. In this movie, in the cast, Lady One. Oh yeah, first, you're right. His first victim is played by Uma Thurman, and she's super annoying. Mm-hmm. Like when she starts like going, "Well, if you were a serial killer, you could do this." And I'm sure you know this was supposed to be his first victim. I'm sure you know by the time she shut the fuck up, he's ready. He was like, "Okay, well, I'm going to do everything you just said." <laughs> um, yeah, and then it just it progressed from there because you know it was like um, lady number two, you gave you let him into your house, and now he's gonna do what he's gonna do, and lady, you know it just went on and on, and it, you know it was con- it was um, completely misogynistic at points, but was that the character? Was that Lars? Because he has a tendency of doing that in his films, uh, sort of. Um, 
it, it's sort of very Italian of him, but you know, he's German. Uh, and it's funny that it comes across that way. Uh, but I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, what were you going to say, Chris? Um, I actually did want to point out none of the women characters had names. The men all did. Um, oh, interesting. The, the ammo guy's name was Al. His best friend's name was SP. Um, yeah, like, uh, and Verge, uh, who is a, we all know, I mean, you guys figured out what the end was supposed to be, right? Dante's Inferno and Verge was supposed to be Virgil. Mm-hmm. So if you're familiar with that, those works, it it's a retelling of Dante's Inferno and his descent into hell. But I also think that there was more going on to it than that. Um, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't skip to the end right now. We'll talk about that. Oh, I, I did, have multiple interpretations of the end of this movie. Didn't the girl, they said the name of the girl, Simple. He kept calling her Simple. At one point, they did say her real name, though. But that was the only girl that he actually admitted to, like, humanizing or, like, I actually kind of like this one, you know? Yeah, but then he ended up he ended up putting one of her tits on the front of the cop car and the other titty turned into a coin purse. A coin purse, yeah. Very Ed Gain of him. Yeah. Yeah, I know that it was, like, a lot of the character aspects of jack was a combination of other real uh true crime or serial killers uh so there was uh, a little bit of ed gein there was a little bit of the he even says the ice man during the movie um you know that's why he kept the uh his victims in the walk-in fridge freezer uh yeah. which i everything about this movie i thought was genius from beginning to end yeah uh i'm a big fan of his uh, of Lars von Trier's to begin with, but um, I know I shouldn't have, but several times during the rewatching this, I laughed. <laughs> I laughed out loud several mm -hmm. times. It was darkly humorous. Um, yeah, and, you know, maybe because, like, Park Recording is a big, uh, is one of my favorite films, so that second kill where, you know, he poses as an insurance salesman slash cop slash reporter <laughs> slash um yeah i knew your husband and he makes his way in the house and then he makes her feel bad about making him wait outside and then chokes her to death and then he's like oh no i'm sorry and then fish choking her to death um yeah it borrows a lot from a lot of different uh a lot of different spectacular films and it's so smart and so well done you know, it's funny that when this premiered at cons, uh, a good amount of the audience walked out uh, because uh, before the film was over, was angry about it, raved on social media about how horrible it was. But then when the movie was finished, it received a six minute standing ovation. So, I mean, people, this is the type of film and, you know, that's the type of film that Lars von Trier makes is either you love it or you hate it. Um you know what how do you feel about uh how he uh he the juxtaposition of his murderous tendencies and how he uh can twist it in his mind to be works of art how do you feel about that well um, i thought it was go on chris i'm sorry um i have a, a few things to to say about all of this one uh you know you you when you intro to him, you said that he was very intelligent, which he is. But I also think he was a horrible serial killer. Um, there are so many times he should have been caught. He was almost begging to get caught. Oh, you know? yeah. Um, the dragging of the body 
Mm-hmm. You know, all the way back to his lair, he could have pulled off to the side of the road and threw it in the back of the truck and not let me know the rain came. You know, the the talking to the cop, the bumbling of even getting in there and how bad he was at, like, talking to that woman. But I also think, you know, that might have been, like, them, him figuring his things out and getting better. Um, But it it was like he almost wanted to get caught. And I didn't think he was actually very good at what he did. I think... um the whole point of it and he made a speech of like scream all you want no one wants to hear you you know like, yeah. and it's like the whole point of it to where he didn't even have to be great at this to get away with it which i thought also was ironic that he picked the name mr sophistication because like that was the complete opposite of everything he was doing you know um but i'm sorry what was your question now i'm ranting <laughs> just how do you feel about uh you know, he thought about his murders as art. Like he would pose the bodies in different positions, take photographs. He would like almost create sculptures sometimes, especially with the two little boys. Uh, how do you feel about uh, this maniac, the serial killer, seeing his uh, work, his murderous work as art? I think uh, in the in the world of serial killers, uh, that is a very common thing. Um, mm-hmm. mostly because serial killers like to have trophies of what they do remembrances and you know his uh was uh mostly like through pictures um some of it was artistic in its own way but i mean it was his twisted way of collecting trophies and if he wasn't happy with the trophy he would do something superbly stupid like when he took the victim back and then killed someone on the way. So he had the frozen victim from his freezer and he had a fresh corpse and he's posing them together. And even when he was loading the bodies in and out, they made it a point to have a woman in the window just kind of moving around. And then right as he's bringing the bodies up, she just kind of turns around and doesn't notice what's going on, which I think that's a common theme in this movie is, is people don't want to see, you know? And uh, I mean, it even is a period piece. They don't tell you what year it is, but if I had to guess by, you know the cars and the 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 clothing and the styles it's like i I think it's like a 70s film that goes into the early 80s over the 12 years yeah i'd say late 70s early 80s that's exactly what i would have guessed too uh probably before like forensics and stuff was really big because like you guys said he was sloppy there's definitely times that he should have been caught um yeah but as far as like the artistry I, i really like how the art that he was doing was different with each like dead body and stuff too. Like, like you said, how he laid the family out with all the crows, how he kind of did the taxidermy with the one kid, like, cause he was inspired by some taxidermy. So he made that like fucked up face. Uh, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think it was really interesting. It's a really fucked up movie, but fuck man. Very enjoyable. Uh, very well done. Yeah, speaking, I, I think the family the family was uh incident number three yeah if i'm yeah. if i'm correct um yeah, that's that's the hardest one to get through yeah that sure. was that was rough man for some for some reason like the screams of the mother in that one was just like gut-wrenching to me mm-hmm. i once again laughed <laughs> <laughs> um, you know I what think- you know what i found funny not to put you off course and we'll get back there like Anytime they showed the pizzas in the freezer, 
Like, cause like the whole thing was like, he bought this freezer and it was just full of these pizzas that he said were awful. And like, he's throwing bodies on these stacks of pizzas. He's like, I have no idea what the fuck to do with all these pizzas. So there'd be like <laughs> these grim scenes going on and there's just stacks of these shitty pizzas. He has nothing like nowhere to get rid of them with. For some reason, the pizzas made me laugh, but go on. I'm sorry. No, the, I mean, that's totally understandable because it, it's a darkly humorous film. It's got a very dark humor to it. And I, I think that if you don't find so, something like that funny, you're going to be one of those people who just walk out and you're going to be angry about this film. Um, but going back to Incident 3, I thought it was very interesting that Grumpy and George, the two boys, were played uh, by uh, two brothers in real life. Uh, oh. So they had that actual uh, connection, you know, so they didn't have to really play that up too much because it was already there. Um, and I also think that in incident number one, uh, she keeps talking about serial killer, uh, talking about him being a serial killer, when in fact that term wasn't introduced into the... Um, the lexicon of American language until like the early eighties. And it's obvious that that takes place like in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, because back then they still referred to people like Jack as a mass murderer. It wasn't wow. until the eighties that they uh, brought into existence, the term serial killer. So I thought that was really interesting uh, because I'm sure the lives volunteer probably thought about every detail before he actually just, pushed it out there i think he wanted it to be sort of like hard to tell and uh, it takes like sort of like somebody examining every detail to pick up on something like that but uh i i thoroughly enjoyed it and uh i'm glad that i went back and watched this again because i could probably watch this a million times mm-hmm. um you know there's a a lot of sort of um meta sort of uh auto auto fictionalness to it uh and you could see that Lars von Trier put a lot of himself into this film along with bits and pieces of different real life serial killers uh he's expressed that he did not compare himself at all to the character of Jack uh but uh, you know I I feel like you cannot develop a character like Jack without having some sort of sick ideas in your head i don't maybe that's me projecting but um i really loved the the how dry jack was and especially like that that scene maybe it's incident four um i'm not sure with the uh, simple where she runs out and he convinces the cop that uh she's drunk and mm-hmm. he takes her back inside uh you know, it's definitely uh, a nod to the Jeffrey Dahmer incident where one of his victims ran outside uh, into a cop car and he's like, save me, save me. And uh, Jeffrey just convinced the cops that she, uh, he was drunk or high and took him Although back Although he inside. didn't convince them. He was just he like, yeah, she's it. right. I am a serial killer. Right. And I'm going, you know, and the cop's like, oh, whatever. Just take your friend back inside. This is ridiculous. You know? Well, not only that, the <laughs> okay. way they... <laughs> the way they play it is, you know, he comes up and he knocks on the hood real hard and they give it like a second to breathe that scene. And you expect him to be like, she's drunk. She's crazy. But he's like, everything she said is true. I've killed 60 people. Yeah. Arrest me, you know, and you're like, what the fuck? And that there is humor to that, you know, mm-hmm. even though 
you know what's going to happen if they don't. You know, like there, there is, there is a dark humor running through this thing. And the other thing I want to talk about is the last twenty minutes, where this thing completely turns. Yeah, and it turns like the whole tone changes, and it turns into a complete art house masterpiece in my eyes. Um, uh, the um, the term they used, uh, I forget what it was. Uh, fuck. It was an old timey Greek term, um, catabiasis. Catabiasis, uh, you know. So they had the the thing where you know he's by the car, and you'd you know like he'd do an intro, and you'd be holding a sign. Catabiasis is actually a Greek term um, uh, for your descent into the the uh, city of the living dead. So, in my eyes, how I saw that, and this is where it kind of turns into Dante's Inferno where Verge is Virgil and they even recreate some of the paintings from that like him in the boat and all that uh, well I think that's from the Iliad but um, I think that what uh, what really happened there aside from his descent into hell is also at one point they show him getting a little bit of humanity and like dropping a single tear for what he's done mm-hmm and I think that that back freezer that he wasn't able to get into is like him, like in his final moments, like unlocking his humanity and that the police shot him. Um, why he was uh, uh, about to go down that hole or why, why he was locked in that back area. And that's like him going into hell now with Burge, you know, um, then they, they showed like him, like reliving everything he was doing and everything he was talking about. And he had that single tear. And I think that was like him connecting a little bit with his, humanity before he descended into hell you know and then even then he tried to get out of it yeah i i I love that he's trying to get out of hell he's like oh i could just climb the walls and make it out and verge is like yeah "Yeah, a lot of people have tried that and no it's never it's It's never worked for it's not gonna work like oh i'll I'll try it i'll i'll make it work my chance yeah (laughs) no homie he, nobody's done it, and you're not going to do it because you're no better than anybody else. You think you're smart, but you're not. Um, and that's why a lot of serial killers do get caught, or when they eventually get caught, because uh, they don't take care of their, themselves. Uh, it's a, pretty easy to get away with stuff like that if you just try. <laughs> and a lot of people do not try hard enough. <laughs> um are you speaking about. from experience? No, yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking about myself at all. <laughs> Nobody, we're not talking about me. It's pretty easy to get away. With. <laughs> pretty easy stuff. I have a bunch of guys sleeping in my basement. I could take them all out right now and nobody would care. Build a house out of them. Build a house and nestle inside. It's pretty we were, cold in that. Ba- it's pretty cold in that basement, wasn't it, Chris? No, nah, we were more worried about the clown room. <laughs> I'm gonna sleep in the clown room. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm gonna sleep in the clown room. No, you're not. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, this is streaming pretty much everywhere, right? I think. Is it uh, uh, Hulu and Tubi? I believe I will say Tubi I watched. Hulu. It. I watched it this time around on Tubi, and it is the edited version. Um, they Gore had been um, taken back quite a bit. Like I'm pretty sure if I remember the last time I watched it, he hits Uma Thurman a bunch of times with that Jack, right? 
Um, mm, I watched it on two or Hulu, and I only remember him hitting her once. But there was a yeah. lot of like boob and stuff. Maybe they, I don't know. I didn't see it before to compare how much gore they might have took out. So I don't know. Anyway, like it's, like it's no. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it looks like it's also streaming on AMC Plus slash Shutter. Um, I watched uh, rewatched a physical copy of this from. Uh, Shout Factory, Scream Factory as uh, the director's cut. I really didn't notice too much of a difference between that and the original theatrical cut. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I noticed some stuff. Uh, like, especially the, the, the scene with the two kids. Um, they cut before the headshot um, to where is the last time I saw it. It was a quite a melon exploding at the back. Um, also, they cut before you saw the kid's leg come off when he shot the other one. Um, ah, so, yeah, see. Yeah, they, version, they. Go ahead. Version I watched on Hulu must have been edited as well. Uh, that's what, what I'm talking about. <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, there was. So, this is the third time I've watched this. The other two, uh, I've watched the complete on cut versions, and I noticed greatly that it had been scaled back. And I found it a lot less disturbing this time around. Like, even the point uh, where he was posing the kids at the picnic, they don't really show the kids at the picnic. They just show the pie going up to her lips, whereas uh, uh, in the version I remember, like, they were, like, on sticks and posed, and it showed them quite a bit with the mom. So, yeah, just stuff like that, I noticed that. The two be Man, it, it was still that duck leg scene, man, that fucked me up. I think that that one fucked me up more than anything else in this movie, dude. I, was, <laughs> I think I audibly screamed. I was like, No! God. Fair enough. Yeah, now that you brought that up, Chris, I do uh I I do uh notice that the the graphic the violence was a lot more graphic in the director's cut. Um and I I read earlier that Lars Frontier uh prefers to show the violence as graphic as possible. He doesn't believe yeah. in uh people imagining things. It's like, no, this is gross. This is disgusting, and you're gonna see it in its entirety. So, yeah, that would definitely lead the to the director's cut. <laughs> um, but I give it five stars. Uh, well, how would you guys rate uh, the house that Jack built? I would Probably give it five four and a half, five as well. Yeah, um, you can rent the director's cut. I seen because I I looked at that first when I was looking for this movie, but it's like twelve ninety nine on Prime. So I just I watched the free one on Hulu. Yeah, I would give it five. Yeah, yeah, definitely one of the better serial killers. Uh, without being like a slasher movie, but definitely one of the better serial killer movies I've ever seen. More, yeah, yeah. I unique. I would... It's artsy as shit. It keeps you. Yeah. I definitely agree. Uh, this is definitely one of my favorite uh, serial killer movies. It's right up there with Seven, um, Maniac, um, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Mm -hmm. So if you like a serial killer movie and not necessarily a straight-up slasher, you definitely have to check out The House the Jack Built. And you have no excuse because it is streaming on several different platforms and it's worth a watch. Uh, highly recommended. Five stars. Four and a half across the board. Check it out ASAP. Uh, and on that note, though, we're going to let you go for the night, and we will see you next week. Uh, Ruthless Chris, what do you guys say for the people out there in real Violand?
Keep it sleazy. Killer Kelly? Keep it sleazy. <laughs> oh my god. Please. Ticks! Ticks! Keep it sleazy. Ticks, ticks, ticks. And of course, as I usually say, keep it creepy, keep it spooky, and keep it real vile forever. God bless America and send nudes. <laughs>